Are you guys making a podcast right now? Are you for real? We're supposed to be unpacking. We have a whole house to fix. And you're doing a podcast. You do know you're amateurs, right? Nobody's listening. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and joining me as always is everyone's third favorite goose. It's Ben Gosshorn. How's it going, Ben? Hey, that's me, I think. <laughs> I'm doing good uh, in the uh, unofficial Amateur Hour den, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's Podcasting uh, annex. Yeah. Uh, I've, uh, well, I've halfway moved into my new house, as I think you've heard in the insult intro. And um, basically, this is going to be my little office until... I think our second child is born, which is going to be a few years from now, and then all the soccer stuff that will be in here will be relegated to the uh, <laughs> the garage, probably podcasting studio as well. I mean, it works for Mark Marin, maybe I can do it too. There you go. It worked <laughs> for him, and he's still been he's got what a thousand episodes. Oh, but I, I know he's like that, but. considered like the podcasting guy. Mm. But uh, anyways, um, I am finally back, which I guess I was only gone for a week's worth of an episode uh, for the listeners, but it feels like I haven't recorded in a month. And uh, I had a fun wedding and then honeymoon. Uh, Ben seemed to have fun at our wedding, too. I think there's a video somewhere of him dancing with a unicorn balloon tied to your belt, courtesy of your brother. Yeah, that was was something. Mm. Um, but yeah, we are uh, we are not a uh, a marriage podcast though. No, we are um, not. Not even a, not even an amateur <laughs> marriage podcast, even though that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what that would entail. I don't know. That was strange. But uh, we thought this would be a good time. We're we're currently in the process of uh, going our separate ways, moving wise, not podcasting wise, yeah. and uh, didn't have time to go visit anybody this week. Uh, or really get an interview done. Um, so we thought this would be a good time to check in uh, with how things are going in our three respective divisions that we follow. Mm. Since it's about the midway point for most of them, see where they're at before we kick off the second half of amateur hour season where we won't have all these moving and marriage distractions and we can just focus on some awesome amateur soccer in our area. So um, I guess first we can talk about... Uh, the NPSL's Southeast. We never do get that thing. Is it? What is it? I think I have it. Yeah, the NPSL Southeast Conference Division. Yeah, there's a lot of. <laughs> like, yeah, there's that a lot. is uh, where we'll great go first. Names. I'll give them that. Like, <laughs> Southeast. I think that's why Southeast is hard to remember, is because all the other ones have very distinct names. Like oh yeah. Heartland, Lone Star, mm. Sunshine. You all know where those are. Southeast is. I mean. I guess we don't have a name in the southeast, which is probably our own fault. But um, Appalachian or something could do it. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that would cover all teams, but Atlantic? I don't know. southeast is definitely know. boring. Yeah, but um, it really—it's been interesting to see how the the season has unfolded because Inter Nashville looked like a front runner to begin with, but now it looks like. Well, they're not. Right. Um, they have the, the worst goal difference, right? Yeah, and they in the last three games they've played, um, they've lost. Oh, and they lost by six goals, four goals, and one goal. Oof. Um, well, so they have a negative eleven goal, goal differential. 
Um, and the, the only times they've, they haven't won since May 7th. So they're basically, I don't want to say they're out of the picture because you never know. And they could always get Nashville SC players loaned down to them. Yeah. Well, it should just be cheating. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because now it's essentially a three horse race. Mm. I would think, um, unfortunately one of the races that would have helped us understand the, the conference a little more, uh, was postponed. Um, this is the uh, the week of the postponement. Uh, thanks. Yeah, this weather. will be a theme. Uh, yeah. Thunderstorms ruining the Carolina Classico, amongst other things. Yeah, which I guess it's a good thing we didn't tra- plan on going anywhere because we probably would have just... Yeah, because it probably would have either been the Classico yeah. or South Carolina. Probably yeah. one or the other of those, and both of those would have been killed. Yeah, so good time in getting married, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it really looks like... I mean, right now, it's, it's between Asheville City, Greenville, and Chattanooga, so you've mm. cut to the chase. Um, Chattanooga's in an interesting situation because they've had a lot of friendlies at the beginning part of their season, so it's kind of mm. not pushed to the side the conference, but it's they've only played three games compared to Asheville and Greenville's five games in the year. Yeah, um, and I remember everyone panicking uh, before, when yeah. they played the two games, like, oh, they're at the bottom of the table with one point. I'm like... They yeah. played two games. Like, they're going to catch up. Yeah, and they, um, I believe they won 4-0 this last week against Internashville. I didn't see um, it. I, I believe that's what it was. Um, that is correct. Yes, Woo. at Finley Stadium. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Um, more technically just because Chattanooga is the front runner in this division. Yeah. Um, it, there's, there's no doubt about it, whether – they are middle of the table technically or not. They're the golden child, I guess you could say, of I mean, the, really the league and in general. Yeah. Um, the conference and more specifically. But it's having that Asheville-Greenville one postponed is going to make it interesting mostly because it's probably going to be a midweek game. Yeah. It's probably going to be jumbled into some other matches too. So mm. it's going to make it – it's going to make tactics really interesting. Yeah. It, it, it's going to make it so you almost wonder if – Chattanooga's in maybe the best situation. But I think they have a lot of games back-to-back as well, if I'm not Which mistaken. can be They're going to have to make up time yeah. as, as, or make up matches in a short amount of time by default. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be a race. One thing to look way forward to is the last game of the season is at Greenville against uh, Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. So that could be... Some sort of deciding factor. For the conference, who- for... Could be nothing. I mean, Nashville mm. could have locked it up by that point time too. So, definitely a lot to uh, to figure out there. But all the teams have really shown themselves to be worthy of where they're at. Um, Did you listen to? I think it was the latest. Um, You're smarter. Where uh, Tim interviewed the coach there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. How he was talking about. Uh, the different field widths and how the rest yeah. of the season looks like it might be favorable for Asheville. So that's something to watch out for. Yeah, too. I think that's that's an X factor that. You don't really think about, but yeah, it's really at, at all. All leagues at this level are going to have to worry yep. about, um, mm-hmm. but it's interesting the varying degrees and how much. It's really curious to, to listen to him speak about how much he really thinks that through. Yeah, Just the, the the mind of the coach, mm-hmm. um, because really that can change things drastically, and it's it will be curious to see how Greenville will play Asheville on a wider pitch. Yeah. Um, because, as he said, I forget the specifics, but 
the I think it's the width of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. The main thing. That's what it was saying. Like drastically different mm -hmm. um, compared to Serene Stadium to uh, Memorial Stadium. I almost mm. forgot the name of it, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, how could you forget Memorial Stadium? I, I don't know. There's only like a Memorial Stadium in every city, everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think that. Uh, anything else to add with that? Or? Not that I can think of. Uh, check yeah. out that pod if y'all didn't listen to it. It was really oh, interesting, yeah. and um, that, that's pretty much straightforward how it's going into MPSL. So I guess we can move on to our two divisions in the uh, League Two USL. Um, and I guess first we'll talk about the simpler of the two divisions. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> I, never simple in League Two. It's really not, especially really when it comes to the South Atlantic. But There's first, a lot of parody is the, the, the curious thing. I think you almost – I mean, it's kind of obvious what causes that, but there's just so much movement with players and mm -hmm. figuring things out. and um, There's a lot of changes in, in – conferences too it feels like from time to time so that may cause it as well yeah yeah but, you're not yeah. always playing the same divisions or the same teams every year it's similar but not quite but that mm. said what i found interesting since we've been following this was only the last few years mm. there has been a bit of a consistency where the charlotte eagles were really good in the south atlantic until the mutiny came along and then they were always second fiddle to the mutiny but despite yep. all the crazy ups and downs the mutiny won it the last few years the eagles won it the year or two before that. And um, this year, I'm curious to see who's going to come out on top. But before we get to the South Atlantic, the Deep South uh, has been interesting as well this year. Um, currently, as of recording, uh, the South Carolina United Bantams are top of the table with 15 yeah. points with five wins. So mm -hmm. that means they've not drawn or lost. Followed by Georgia Tumenta or Georgia <laughs> Tormenta 2. Yeah. Uh, they have 13 points with four wins and one draw. Then the Red Wolves have seven points, uh, but they do have a game tonight uh, against the Eagles, so you guys will know the result of that, even though we don't at this time. Mm. The Discoveries with four points, the Eagles with two points, they've only drawn twice, lost twice, and then the bottom of the table is Peachtree City Moba, who just got their first point this Friday against the Eagles. They're, the, the interesting thing about that, though, because it makes it look like they're the worst team, which they may well be, but those five losses they have are against the best teams in the division. Two of them are against mm. the Bantams, two of them are against Tormenta, yeah. and the other one's against the Red Wolves, who's that third team in the list. Yep. So I don't. I th think that's interesting because that could mean one of two things or none of them. Either MOBA's really bad, which could also mean that the Bantams and Tormenta aren't quite as good as they look because they've played a scrub team twice. It's very possible, yeah. Or MOBA's not that bad. They've just played really, really tough competition, and when you see them play more against the Eagles, who they drew, or Discoveries, and even Red Wolves again, maybe they'll do a little bit better than what they have so far. Yeah. I think it's it's really interesting when you look at it, too, because technically speaking, um, in, in the matches that uh, the Bantas have played, haven't been able to watch them, unfortunately, but yeah. they've been very convincing wins. I mean, yeah. they've, they've scored 11 goals and only allowed four. Mm. But it's it's even more interesting when you think about it because – Tormenta has played the same amount, but they've also they actually got almost well more than twice of a goal differential. Yeah, better uh, for that being said. So technically, they've got two less points because of the draw compared to the win, mm -hmm. of course. Um, but yeah, it'll be curious to see how that rivalry plays out, especially since it was uh, postponed. But they do <laughs> play on Tuesday. They do, which yeah. will be on. Um the that'll be in Tormenta though that's not the reschedule that's just what the next game was scheduled yeah. as and uh 
Tormenta, they do their things on You know what we've been calling it? Mycujo, but I think it's Mycuju because it's two O's. Really? I'm not sure. It's M Y C and then C U J. Maybe it's Cujo, but I don't know. It's just two O's. That would make me yeah. think it's an O noise. I don't know. Someone killed it up for us. Maybe it's but a silent O. I don't know. It, and, and those games are at 8 o'clock. Usually most games are at 7, but Tormenta do things a little bit later. But I think the the interesting thing when trying to look at the two teams, trying to figure out which one is better than the other, I don't really look much into power rankings, but the last power ranking I saw was before the Bantams had taken the lead in the division, but they had the Bantams at five in the South Conference, whereas Tormenta is still up top despite having that draw. But I think um, the interesting thing will be that um, with, with, with the Bantams, they have about 15 players who have played in either every game or all but one so far this season. Hmm. They have another five players who have made one or two appearances. But their starting lineup, it's funny. I, I've always noticed their starting lineup on um, Instagram, but usually while I'm at work or something. So like I look at it real quick, but I don't pay that close attention. Whoever does their graphics, they always put it in a 4-2-3-1 formation, but the players aren't in the correct order. The goalkeeper has never been in goal on their oh, graphic. Really? Like One time they had Harrison Roberts on goal. I, it's always okay. scrambled. So, that like, I was trying to compare to the lineups, yeah. and it's impossible. Because <laughs> I've been looking for Harrison Roberts, and I'm like, okay, I know what he looks like. Mm. I know he's good. Why do I not see him on the graphics? Probably because I wasn't looking in the goal. Um, but he's a, uh, he's a very uh, – <laughs> what's the opposite of deep? Forward uh, goalkeeper? Uh, what? <laughs> he, he's, he's out of position is what I'm trying to say oh, okay. in a very indirect way. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – it's going to be an interesting division. I mean, it, it appears to be a uh, a two horse race or two. Yeah, uh, it definitely looks like it so far. Two and, bird race, really, if you think about it. And, and the, the, another interesting uh, thing about the Bantams is uh, a lot of their guys have scored. I think they have six. Yeah, six different players who have scored one goal, and then mm. both Roberts and I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Rebelado Camas has scored two goals, and no one has more than two goals or one goal. That's mm. pretty much it um, so far this year. And like you said, they did concede. They've conceded four goals. So they've, ne- they've only had one game with a clean sheet, but every other game they've only conceded one goal, yeah. and they've always scored more, which you know is the basic important thing with soccer, score yeah. more than your opponent. Technically, that's where you get points right yeah. here. Now, the Tormenta, they rotate a lot more than the Bantams. Mm. They've only they, they only have five players who have played in five matches so far. They have twenty three players who have played so far this year, and twenty of them have been in more than one game this year. They even ro- rotate their goalkeepers in matches. At least according, I haven't yeah. watched a lot of tournament, but hmm. according to the stats on the website, one of the goalkeepers has played four of the five games, while the others played three of those five games. Hmm. Right, so they must That's be substituting them out. And um, <laughs> and uh, between them, they've only conceded the one goal. And their offense has scored more goals than anyone else. Uh, you know, 16 yeah. goals in five matches is insane. Yeah, They have two players who each have uh, three goals. But Luca Mayer, uh, in particular, seems really impressive. He, The only match he didn't play was the one that they didn't win. Hmm. He, he also has a, a team high of three assists so far this year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So he looks really impressive. Um, they look more, to me, it seems like Tormenta look more dangerous than the Bantams. Uh, even though they're less on points right now with those more goals, less conceding and all that. I, I think both teams should really look at that last game Tormenta played against the Red Wolves 
because yeah. it was the one draw. So, like, I think it would be interesting to see, first of all, how did they score on them? But also, mm. the draw, it only happened because of a penalty. The Red Wolves conceded where a, a, a Red Wolf player slid down for, a, like, a slide tackle, and his arm hit the ball. Like, mm. it definitely stopped the ball, but I don't know if it necessarily stopped a score. Yeah. So, essentially, Red Wolves almost shut out Tormenta. So, like, I think it would be really interesting for, you know, smarter tactical minds than ourselves to look at that and see how did they do that and how can they, either if they're the Bantams, to also shut them down or torment and make sure it doesn't happen again. So, definitely this Tuesday's game is going to be one of my games of the week to watch because, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to um, stay away from Twitter and watch that when I get off of work. There you go. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, and it's... Um, the only other major thing I have of note, this is really a deep dive that no one's probably even going to care Yay, about. Yeah, deep dives. But uh, I, I saw this on Twitter, and I saw there was a player with the last name Zion. Oh, my God. On, <laughs> yes, I'm mentioning this, Chris. This is the only thing I know about this, and I'm mentioning it anyways. Um, but uh, a former Independence player, Eamon Zion, he's also played for Indy 11. Um, and I want to say somewhere else that I'm forgetting. But uh, he... Uh, his brother, Adam Zayed, plays for the, the Dalton Red Wolves. Whereas, I don't know if you said this or not, but he plays for the Chattanooga Red Wolves. I did not mention that. But yeah, so it's an interesting tidbit that I noticed um, that probably no one will appreciate but me. But now it's out there, and you had to listen and to it. And now so. you know. Yeah, now you, you didn't want to know probably, but you know anyways. <laughs> and now we move on to the crazy, crazy, complicated oh, division that is going to be a lot harder to break down than two teams Similarities. That is the South Atlantic Division. Ben, can you pick who's going to win the South Atlantic right now? Um, is there a one, two, three? Is there a seven-sided coin we could flip uh, or a we dice? Might, we could make we a got six-sided sided die, and we'll just leave off. I don't know. I don't know who you would leave off. They all look like they could it's, still do it. I mean, it's tough. Like, it, there's of course seven teams in here, and, and they've all. I mean. Tristan Harris have played a handful of games less than, or not quite a handful, but a number of games less than the top quality teams mm. in the in the standings. But, uh, yeah, really, I mean, North Carolina FC technically is in the lead right now. Yeah. Um, but that's with two games played more than the, than the Fusion at this point. Yeah, and the Fusion uh, only have to get one point in those two games, and they'll yeah. be tied with them on points. Yeah, it's, And a head-on goal difference if that's the tiebreaker. Yeah, it's it's super tight, mm-hmm. um, and and it's been back and forth because I mean, I think Lionsbridge has beaten uh, NCFC twice twice now, and then they almost beat them a third time. But well, they almost tied them. Almost they tied, they them. tied okay. them in stoppage time this past and then Friday. They scored an extra, and then goal. NCFC okay. scored right after that, which you're forgiven for not knowing because NCFC doesn't stream their freaking games. Yeah, <laughs> it's also maybe not that confusing, but they only tweet from the NCFC's account. Yeah, which I don't like. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. But yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, everyone is really in the thick of it, mm-hmm. um, and it's it shows you how. Like I said before, how much maybe parity really is in this league? Because I mean, nobody's run away with it. Four points separates top from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And that's there's a lot of variances in games played too. So really, some team gets on a streak, then they can really run away with this or really make themselves the the front runner. And it wouldn't take that much. And really, it's been home and away. Play, teams have 
won convincingly away and then lost at home and, and, and things like that. So it's it's going to be fun. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun to watch it towards the end of it. Um, I mean, one matchup to look at towards the end of the season is, I mean, the Fusion are playing... Uh, Oh, wait, no. Sorry, that didn't make any sense. Sorry, the, the fact that North Carolina is the first name for the Fusion and... It is confusing. It's really confusing. And they both are U23s, and literally, yeah, like, after the Carolina, F is the first letter of both of their names. One's North Carolina FC U23, one's North Fusion Carolina Fusion U23. another letter. But, yeah, so I was trying to make sure I wasn't saying... I was about to say <laughs> Fusion is playing Fusion at the end of the right, season. Right, right, right. Um, but, no, they're playing... Uh, at the Fusion NCFCU 23s are playing, um, mm-hmm. so that could be a match for the for the title. And the w- what is that on July 10th? Um, is it? it is, yeah, July okay. 10th. Well, yep. right before that, July 6th, the Fusion also hosts Lions Ridge, which is a game me and you are going to. Mm. So that's mm. going to be fun, and I don't believe the Fusion stream either, but we'll definitely be sending y'all our own little updates as well as Lions Bridge. Lions Bridge does a really good job of tweeting. When they're at games that don't stream. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they are the uh, the Twitter streamers of the, of the USL League Two. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be really fun. I mean, it's it's gonna be interesting to see, and it's interesting to look at even just stats too, because uh, NCFC has both won and lost four games, mm-hmm. and they both they they have a zero goal differential. So yeah, they it's have not really. Even though they're technically in the lead, they have not made themselves the front runner as far as convincing wins and and that type of thing. Yeah, I'm looking right now. The only team that has like a crazy goal differential is Wake FC with negative five. Yeah, but they've won two, lost three, drawn two. So I mean, they're they're not doing too bad. They're only four points behind. Um, the top guys. Oh, I'm wrong. It's five point difference between the top and the bottom, not mm. four points. I said earlier, but Tobacco oh. Road right there. Yeah, Tobacco Road. Like I'm looking. I'm looking at this one thing because I was curious what it was going to be. Uh, you know how like League Two always puts out like their favorites at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went back and looked at it, and Lions Ridge and NCFC are the two listed as the favorites, whereas mm. Tobacco Road's the wild card with all the talent Tobacco Road has. And I remember Pat. I don't know if he told us on or off air, but he was talking about how like one of the biggest challenges in Tobacco Road was getting the Duke and UNC players to work together because they're always so talented. Ah, yeah. I'm wondering about that as well. But Tobacco Road don't look bad either. Yeah, they got more losses, but they have two wins and a draw. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody seems to have anybody else's number in this division. So, it's going to be a really fun end of the season. The one thing I would say to watch out for is, we've already mentioned them twice, the Fusion, they've got two games in hand on both NCFC and Lionsbridge. Only one point behind NCFC. Their last five games are at home. Mm, and we're yeah. going to be there in the middle of that home stretch. So I'm really curious to see if they can take advantage of that and turn that into a streak to take the South Atlanta. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because, I mean, one player that kind of stood out to me just with Lionsbridge specifically um, is uh, Ivan Militar. Um, is that the dude we met last year? It is. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a really good guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's played uh, seven of the eight games for them. Um, he's got 11 shots. He's a midfielder too, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Could be a wide midfielder, but yeah. I'm pretty confident he's a midfielder. It was last year. He's got two goals and two assists, but they've also got, um, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. Uh, their main, uh, contributor on offense is, uh, the bot Shaquel. Uh, it sounds French. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh. Sorry, Jaquel. Um, I think I said it differently there, too. <laughs> you did. But <laughs> You definitely got it wrong one time, not both. 
who's got whoever this is has uh, six goals and one assist. So he's he's kind of a front runner there uh, for Lionsbridge FC, and it's interesting to look at some of those uh, lists as well. And this is, I mean, a hundred players to watch. This was back in April. Lionsbridge has a ton of players, mm. and I don't even think it's interesting because looking at this. The, the gentleman we just referred to, or uh, not a gentleman, I mean, he's, he's a child, but... Um, <laughs> he's a child. <laughs> with all due respect, I mean, he's not quite a he's man. He's an adult, I'm sure. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I'm <laughs> throwing shade against someone that I can't even pronounce their name, so... Uh, but what I'm trying this is, to say is... This is, is Lionsbridge player. Lionsbridge player, I'm going to yeah. make sure we find him whenever we go up there this weekend. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is he's he wasn't even on the radar for top 100 players. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that because he's kind of come out of nowhere essentially um, compared to uh, what was the the preseason uh, power player rankings I guess mm. you could say so yeah it's I'm super excited to go up to Lionsbridge me yeah. too I mean not even because they're playing against Tobacco Road you got you know two great teams I mean everyone in South Atlantic I mean every game we're going to go to from now on South Atlantic wise you're going to have a good competition I'm sure of it and um, just going up there, hanging out with Mike Vest and uh, the Finners of the Bridge, which I really need to hit them up to see what yeah. they want to do because I haven't done that with all the craziness. But, uh, I'm sure we'll get some thing figured out. And I know they always have like cool little festivities beforehand with like fireworks and like they make it a fun, family friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So we want to catch all of that for sure. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to see how the rest of the South Atlantic goes and like. The fusion, I know I keep talking about it, I'm just amazed because last year they were basically the punching bag of the South Atlantic mm. when they were the Dynamo. Um, yeah. they, they, they seem to be getting back to their winning ways because I remember just few, when we first started following amateur soccer, uh, people were talking about how great the Dynamo was. And, like, you know, they were constant. like, yeah, Eagles were the top dog at the time, but Dynamo were right behind them. Yeah, and, and now for the them Eagles to fall are- off. Yeah, Eagles are like they're falling off possibly, mm-hmm. which um, I guess we'll see. They're, the Bantams play them Friday, um, which I might try to go to. Depends on um, a few things. Is it at the Sportsplex? It is at the Sportsplex. Okay, yeah, cool. so that'll be good for us Charlotte folk. Yeah. But uh, the main game we'll be you know, focusing on next week as far as letting you guys know about will be that Lions Bridge game. And uh, we'll keep you a little updated now that, you know, Deep South is a lot clearer than South Atlantic, but... One way or the other, the South Atlantic will be sorted, and we'll let you guys know about that and uh, heading into the playoffs, what that'll be like. But um, Ooh, I almost forgot the other player that oh, the probably no player. one cares about, but I'm going to mention anyways. Here we go. Random um, fact number two from the Goose. There is a, uh, a goalkeeper for the uh, NCFC U23s. Oh, uh, yeah. Not Fusion, um, for, those, <laughs> Not for me, fusion. to clarify, uh, for myself. But uh, yeah, it's uh, he used to play for uh, Dortmund's U19s. I think he had some U17s uh, for the U.S. Men's National Team caps as well. Mm-hmm. But it is Will Polisic, and I'm not. It's not a question. Will Polisic do something? That's his name, <laughs> Will Polisic. Um, and it looks like he's kind of like a rotational keeper, but he is at Duke University too. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's curious that there is a Polisic in the. North Carolina region. That's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. When Ben googled Will Pulisic to make sure he was in fact, you know, uh, the first thing that popped up was Will Pulisic start for Chelsea, yeah. play for Chelsea or something like that. So that was pretty funny. Thanks Google. But um, so yeah, we got some awesome stuff to look 
forward to. Um, before we let you go, though, we do need to let you know we are proud members of the Beautiful Game Network. And I'm going to stall for a minute and make sure you know BGN is Beautiful Game while Ben looks up a podcast for his BGN podcast of the week because we did not discuss this ahead of time. I've done because... Yeah, you, you have mentioned Backyard Footy like four times and I've had to correct <laughs> you. Like, buddy, you already podcast. did... It is a good podcast. Um, but you've already done that one. So we're just going to go through some ones that I can't remember <laughs> Until we, Hey, I, I, I got one. I can do one okay, this week. Okay, go for it. Um, League One Fun. Okay, I, I, I just saw don't that. think I we've mentioned that one yet. Yeah, it's it's sorry. You go ahead. This is well. No, you can do it. You, wow. You've listened more than I. It do. is my segment. I guess. It is your segment. I, I have segment. to promise you to do something. You can't promise me to do something. <laughs> yeah, right. That doesn't. That's not how this works. I don't think. But yeah, no, it's really good. Um, I have not been able to watch, but like. I think literally the only League One match I've watched was the one I went to in Greenville. No, nah, we watched one together, open and week. We watched Lansing versus Richmond. Oh, we did. I yeah, think it was open and week. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, close yeah. to open. That's week. right. Um, but yeah, I've watched very little League One, and it's uh, they do a really good job. Um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, it, Dave, definitely Jason. Uh, Jason, it's Jason oh, yeah. and Ira. Spicy soccer. Yeah. Jason, uh, spicy soccer take. Uh, <laughs> Home sweet soccer is his Twitter handle. Uh, and Ira Jersey is, I think, his last name. Not Kit. I think so. Uh, yeah. Ira Jersey <laughs> is so his dumb. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do a really good job, and they've also had another. This is a really long explanation, but uh, River City ninety three um, has been a uh, another contributor to the to show here recently and they just do a really good job of uh covering the entire league um to really just dive into players that are doing really good uh teams that are doing really good storylines and, and the league in general is really competitive uh, all things considered mm. so that's why you should listen to it and it's pretty fun too so yeah i mean the reason why i like league one fun because i don't listen to a bunch of different team specific pods like ben and that's a good overview of the league because League One is kind of next step up from League Two and even NPSL guys. I mean, there's been a couple Asheville guys who've made their way up to the Triumph. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Tormenta One, uh, the reason Tormenta Two exists because Tormenta One is now in uh, League One. And the good thing about it is you get a lot of mobility and ways for guys literally to go path to pro, which is what yeah. League Two is all about. And it kind of trickles down a bit the, the quality. Like the, the little bit of streams I have watched of Two Menta. It looks just like a League One game, like literally the graphics and everything, the mm. quality. Yeah. It's because they're able to have that infrastructure there. So um, definitely something good to check out. The, their season lasts longer than amateur, so if you're like me and don't have time to watch everything, it can be something you can follow during the uh, amateur season. And then once amateur season is wrapped up, you can watch yourself some League One, which is on ESPN+, Plus, which is like the most insane deal ever for soccer. They have like way more soccer than you'll ever want to watch on there, and they are not a sponsor. I just really like it. Yeah, if you want to, uh, do yeah. it. Yeah, hit us up, ESPN. Yeah, we've got tens of listeners. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for, to listen to us ramble for 30 minutes. Uh, I promise you next weekend for the rest of the season, we'll be back to our awesome interviews and travels and things of that nature. Um, but until then, bye-bye. Bye.